And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific 4th of July. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Um, and we have the, the New York Times outdoing themselves once again. We have Joe and Hunter doing piles of blow bigger than your head in the Oval. Um, and the Supreme Court tells Democrats that they can't uh, discriminate uh, against people based on race. So a lot of good stuff to get to today. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Nick, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Nick Lindquist. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Nick Lindquist. Nick, how you been, man? I've been great. How about you, Brady? I've been fantastic. So, dude, a ton to get to, as always. But I got to hit you with this one. I was today years old on Twitter this morning when I learned that Woody Harrelson's father was a famous hitman. Who, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, who murdered a federal judge and a bunch of other people. How about that one, Nicholas? I had no idea about that and i'm not sure how i didn't because i i'm around the conspiracy theory twitter people all the time and i feel like that would be catnip for them yeah apparently he was estranged he didn't really know his father obviously he's, yeah you know he was probably in prison most of his life but yeah man you just you know you don't get a good hitman story these days you know like it's no. it's just few and far between it's sad it's, it's refreshing honestly to hear this um we, we don't have enough of those stories. <laughs> and I kind of want Woody Harrelson to play his father in a movie. Yeah, yeah that needs to happen. Come on, Hollywood. I, give us something we want for once. I mean, I'll send you the mugshot. I mean, it's just like you can tell it's his dad, by the way. Like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. His, that's his old man. The mugshot, you're like, come on, dude. Right. Talk about being born to play a role. True. Yeah. He, he, he's been waiting his whole life for this, and we didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, another Twitter thing I saw this morning, and uh, I mean, for the listeners who aren't on Twitter, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, I saw the dumbest—I've officially found the dumbest conspiracy theory on the Internet. And I don't know if it, people back home, if you remember Owen Benjamin, he was, he was this funny comic. He was on, like, Joe Rogan a bunch, and he got canceled for, like, saying the N-word and stuff. But apparently he's back on Twitter— um, and spreading the conspiracy theory that nuclear weapons aren't real. Um, it's, let me tell you, if only. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, look, look, I would not be as nervous about Joe Biden being the president of the United States if nukes were not real. You know, the whole, like, right. Ukraine war thing would have a lot lower stakes. But, man, I mean, out of all of them, like the 9-11 stuff, I was like, this is a, I don't know. I don't know how you get there, man. Like that, I, it's just that might be yeah that might be bigger than the flat Earth I mean like I don't see how you could say that and actually mean that they're not real I I don't understand 
I mean, there's like thousands of people in the comments talking about, they're like, see, nukes are fake because you couldn't actually film a nuke going off because it would destroy the camera. As if, like, telescopic lenses were invented in 2014 or something. Like, look, look, when it comes to conspiracy theories, and I've said this a million times, like, I'll take Alex Jones over the guy who blindly believes everything the government tells them any day of the week. (laughs) But, like, I feel like COVID just, like, I feel like the conspiracy theories are getting worse, man. I feel like, I don't know if it was COVID or what, that just broke people, like, all the lies from the press and from the government, that there's, like a subset of Americans who just think everything's fake. Yeah. I mean, part of the part of who's to blame for that is the government um, because they've created a situation where we don't know what to believe anymore. Um, But some people have taken that to the extreme. And this is a great example. Like, okay, let's ask Japan if they think nukes are real. Like, (laughs) like there's just no way that that's, that's true. Like that they're not real. Yeah. Um, that's just a, that's a crazy take. Yeah. And one of the other takes is like, oh, well, see, people live near Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's like, yeah, man, they're on an island. There's like wind that blows all that shit out to sea. Like, this is right. not, it's not, my, my grandfather, uh, was, uh, after World War II, actually, so he was in the Navy and he served in Operation Crossroads for most of 1946, which was, the atomic bomb testing in the Pacific. Like, they would go and, like, clear these islands of natives and bomb the island just to, like, do tests on nuclear bombs. And, like, my my grandfather lived to 81, but most of the guys he served with died of cancer real young. I mean, they would literally jump off the ships and, like, swim in the ocean, like, right next to, like, just nuclear waste and stuff. Right. It's like, come on, come on, come on, fellas. They need to watch Oppenheimer when it comes out, I think. Are we gonna get a good movie for once, man? Like I'm, like I'm actually still optimistic. I know I shouldn't be because everything's been bad for twenty years, but like I don't know, man. It looks pretty, pretty dope. Yeah, that one looks great. Um, Indie, I wasn't sure how it would be, but spoiler alert, it's not good. Don't go see it. I saw it yesterday. I mean, dude, is Harrison Ford in it? He's in it. Okay, um, so it is like an actual. It's not like a yeah, reboot. I mean, He's like it, 80, it, it, 85 years old or something. Yeah, so, so they actually did some pretty cool CGI stuff where they made him look younger for like scenes that were supposed to be from the past, like World War II sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, they and they they really play up his age in it. Like, you know, oh, he's just an old man now sort of thing, um, which that's was a, disappointing. That's, that's original. Yeah, yeah. Didn't see that coming. Oof. Right, yeah, I'm shocked. I have a new favorite, uh, and this happens probably once a week. They replace my my last favorite headline with another one, but I think I have a new favorite New York Times headline. Mm. Um, this is from yesterday. Quote, ready for this, buddy? I'm ready. All right. GOP threatens spy agencies surveillance surveillance tool. Oh no! Will someone please oh, think of the no. spies? The poor killers. Who's thinking of the killers? It goes on. Anyway, quote, with hard right Republicans attacking federal law enforcement agencies and unwilling to extend their broad powers, a major warrantless surveillance program targeting foreigners overseas may face new limits from Congress. Unquote. Oh, no. What will we do? Without the spies, Nick. With the, the killers. The spies. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that is a bonkers headline. It actually reminds me of, I saw an Adam Kinzinger tweet last week, um, <laughs> where 
so so you know how feds have been joining in and like making these like QAnon slash alt right protests worse. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know that that's been happening for years since Trump basically. Um, and there was one, there was like a clip where uh, the the like real protesters kind of pinpointed the feds and were like, get the get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they were feds or they Antifa. were feds. They were feds. Yeah, I think they were feds. Um, and all of their faces were covered. And they were, like, basically assaulting these people. And I was kind of, honestly, cheering them on. Like, they're clearly trying to stoke the flames and make things worse. Of course. Um, and, and Kinzinger was like, <laughs> why, why are these supposed patriotic Americans cheering on the assault of federal agents? And it's like, <laughs> he basically just said the quiet part out loud. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, if these are feds, then we can't hit them. <laughs> like, what? I know. I know. <laughs> what are you saying? I know. <laughs> I know, man. Dude, Kinzinger. I don't, dude, I got to mute Kinzinger on yeah, Twitter because, like, I mean, terrible. I don't follow him or anyone that follows him, but he just shows up. Yeah. Gosh, he's like an STD or something. That man yeah. just shows up on the timeline. I don't know how he does it, but, dude, he spent all of Fourth of July just, like, fantasizing about World War Three. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, right. eat a hot dog. Can you just be normal for five se- Just enjoy your—he has kids. It's like, dude, you yeah. have a family. Stop, stop jacking off to this weird fantasy of like everyone dying on Earth. Okay, for one yeah. day, just like eat a eat a hot dog, drink a beer, probably a Bud Light, relax. Yes. But he can't do it, man. It was just like all war fantasy all the time. It's just what a bizarre way to go through the world, man. What a bizarre well, way to live life. Nu- nukes aren't real, so I think we're safe. But um, you know. He could at least just, you know, have a hot dog and, uh, yeah, like like you said, a Bud Light probably, um, the special edition one, and just chill for, for a day. Yeah, man. Can't do it, though. Can't do no. it. No. I mean, like, the times, like, these people, when they when they bring, like, it is, it is I mean, we're, we're used to it, and we understand who these people are. They're monsters. And, you know, calling the press the enemy of the people is the understatement of the millennia. But, like, it is still just a little jarring to see the press just openly and proudly side with the spies and killers who are preying upon the American people. You know what I mean? Like it is, it is pretty jarring, but it's like, they sure do make Republicans sound cool, man. Like I I wish Republicans were actually going to try to destroy the FBI and the CIA and the deep state. Like I, you know, DeSantis came out and said he wants to abolish the IRS and a bunch of these agencies. But to the best of my knowledge, at least in terms of like Republicans running for president, he's the only one who's even remotely interested in destroying the feds. But it's like, I mean, gosh, I, I hopefully Republicans actually get on board. I mean, just look at, look at, look at these people. Like if the New York times loves the FBI, maybe you shouldn't, maybe, you know, abolishing some of these agencies should be on the table. You know, like I, I wish Republicans were as hardcore as the New York times says they are. Yeah. And I've seen some promising polling on that. Actually. It's interesting because like through the 80s and 90s, like even going back to like the mid-century till like basically right before Trump, um, Republicans were always the ones that were more trusting of intelligence agencies, the FBI, the feds in general. And now it's like completely flipped where Democrats are the ones defending the FBI and they have trust in the CIA and Republicans are totally skeptical now. So 
I kind of like that flip. I mean, I wish I wish Democrats were on board with that too, so that we could all just end this once and for all. But it's like, you know, they they just use whatever blunt weapon is at their disposal, which at the moment is the intelligence agencies. And uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe someday we'll all unite against that. Right. That would be the one bipartisan. That would be the one bipartisan point that I would be in favor of. Oh, for sure. So we we should discuss this. It's crazy that I mean, even on the right, even like right wing media has barely even talked about it. But they found a big old bag of blow in the White House. Yeah. Um, obviously, they never would have wanted to make this public. But when there's a large bag of powder found next to the president of the United States, people get a little worried. Um, so, I mean, happy birthday, America. The president and his degenerate son are getting obliterated at the White House, and you're paying for it. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, has anyone, do, do we know where Hunter is at the moment? Like, is <laughs> is that is that uh, his? Probably. Or it could be one of his staffers, because as we know, uh, basically everyone in D.C. is a degenerate. So, right. could be, but yeah, that's a bit concerning to find cocaine in the White House. It's... It's it's the Biden's blow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I understand that everyone in D.C. does drugs, but like it is if you do work in the West Wing, like I, I have to imagine to get security clearance, you probably have to pass drug tests. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the only and, people and not I mean, being tested <laughs> would be Joe and Hunter. Yeah. And, and every, actually, that's a good point. Everyone who enters the White House, especially the West Wing, they search your bag. They wand you like it'd be very hard for just a normal person to bring that into the White House. So it had to be one of the Bidens. Everyone understands. We, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd say I'd go with Hunter, but everyone does understand yeah. that Joe Biden is doing coke, too. Right. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. I mean, like, I think so, yeah. the only way for a man like that to make it halfway through any kind of public appearance is to be on uppers. And like we, yeah. we, we talked about this in 2020, like during the debates, like you saw it. Like, you could see the drugs wear off in real time. Like, Joe would be okay for 40 minutes and then completely fall apart towards the end of these debates. And people are like, oh, it's late. The old man's tired. I'm like, bro, I'm a professional musician. I'm, like, I've been around. Like, be, I, I know what Coke looks like, fellas. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. used to being around people on uppers. Like, it's it, like that's what you're watching. You know, uppers focus the mind, and that's pretty important when you have late-stage Alzheimer's. Like, this is not complicated. This shouldn't be a controversial topic, but it's like... I mean, you saw the picture of the bag of Coke, man. That's a lot of Coke. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's just wild that uh, they find a big bag of Coke in the White House. And it's just nothing. I mean, nobody. Like, the, the press won't touch it. Nobody cares. This will be gone by... I mean, it's kind of gone already, right? Like, is anybody talking about... You know, it's like, man, that just swept under the rug so quickly, man wild yeah and, and actually that lines up with his daily schedule so his i don't know if you know about this but like he is consistently working the same hours every day it's not very long it's like nine to four or something and then he calls a lid on the day does nothing after that unless it's a special event and that's not how old people work like some days are great days you can yeah. work long some days are not good days you can barely work at all so yeah. That would line up for sure, I think, if uh, if he was doing uppers just to get through his his slated time every day and then just zonking out after. That makes sense. They're going to give this man a heart attack, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they can't, I, like... I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's what, a 80, 
percent chance he's reelected. Yep. You know, I mean, if Trump is the nominee, then that jumps to a hundred percent chance. Right. You know, so it's like to try to get him through four more years alive is. Just... I mean, I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how you can do it. I don't think they. I don't think he will do it. I mean, I, mean, I just don't see. Like I've thought about that. You know, it. Let's see. The election isn't even until next year, so we got to get him through six more years alive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm like terrified that if or when he's reelected, uh, Kamala becomes president because he literally can't survive his term. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, that would absolutely happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just no way, right? I mean, we've seen even the yeah. decline in the last couple years. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, how do you make it through, what, 2028? He'd leave yeah. office in, in 2029, January 2029. There's no way. Be, what, 87 years old? Yep. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no way. Yeah, I mean, ideally we win 24, but if not, he croaks, you know, during his term. And we get an easy 2028, but I don't want to wait that long. I think things will be destroyed by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that like... That's the likeliest scenario. I, I yeah. I'm not. I'm. Not, I take no pleasure in reporting that. But you know, unless DeSantis can uh, can somehow beat Trump, I mean, I think it's kind of over. You know, for 2024, yeah. I don't. I mean, there's just no way, man. Well, I mean, the good news is this is really the last term either Biden or Trump can run. So we'll have a clean slate, but we'll see if a country's left by 2028. I mean, hey, man, you're not looking forward to the Hunter Biden versus Kerry Lake election in 2028? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, as, as fun as that sounds, I'm not looking forward to that too much. Just like, <laughs> just like the worst people on the planet, oh, just man. running for president. Or Gavin. Oh, my gosh. Gavin. Gavin's actually terrifying. I think he's, I mean, yeah. he's been showing up in Iowa. He's been running ads in Florida, like... I mean, there's definitely a prospect there, at least in his mind. And he's a true believer, too, in the ideology. Yeah. He's so much more dangerous than— uh, And he's like, he's got 40 IQ points on somebody like Kamala Harris, so he'd actually be able to get oh, stuff yeah. done. And yeah, Well, he's... That's, that's the scary thing about him. He's actually intelligent. He yeah. uses it to his advantage. Yeah. Um, he, he's malicious, but he's yeah. smart. And that's yep. a terrifying combo. It's like Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's gotten a lot of people killed in California. Yeah. Got a lot of people killed, you know. That yeah. that wouldn't be great. I guess we should. Uh, obviously, um, I, I was off on Monday, but uh, so we haven't talked about a lot of these Supreme Court decisions. We should briefly touch on this. We can actually end the podcast on a positive note for once <laughs> as the world burns down around us. But, yeah, man, I mean, last week was pretty fantastic. The court told Democrats they have to stop hurting people based on race. That They did not take that well, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, and they also said that, I'm paraphrasing, of course, that nuns don't have to celebrate gay sex anymore. So that's a, a couple solid hits on, on the left. Um, these are obviously both massive, far-reaching decisions. Roberts kind of tried to narrow them down a little bit like he always does. But obviously we should expect lawsuits start flying all over the place Uh to dismantle affirmative action, not only in academia, but elsewhere as well, especially, you know, hiring practices, stuff like that. So this is just the start. Obviously, Democrats are going to double down as well on, on both the affirmative action and the, the attack on religious liberty. Um, but, man, this court, I mean, we, we shouldn't take it for granted. This court actually has had the balls to take on the big issues. I mean, starting with Dobbs and Bruin last year, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and then now. Um, even though we're down bad and, and things seem to be falling apart, the court, 
still, in some small way, is a bulwark against the predations of the left. And and we definitely that that is that is on Trump. Um, obviously, if if he didn't win in sixteen, none of this happens. And um, so yeah, man. I mean, these these justices, uh, jury's still out on on Kavanaugh a little bit, in my opinion. But sure. overall, they've been pretty good, and we we definitely shouldn't take that for granted. Yeah, I mean, for for all of our faults on the right, uh, focus on the justice or the judicial system is not one of them. I mean, the the Federalist Society nominees that we've um, installed not only in the Supreme Court, but like in federal circuit courts across the country while Trump was was president is just it's going to keep giving us rewards for decades. I mean, there's just no way for Democrats to dismantle that. It's, it's a done deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree. These decisions that are coming out, you know, every, however, however many months are just incredible. We were, uh, Beck and Stone was really happy with the affirmative action one. And, yeah. uh, cause we, we work with conservative institutions as, you know, one of our biggest kind of client base. And yeah. actually one of them was, was mentioned by Clarence Thomas, uh, right in his opinion. Um, so we were pretty excited about that. I just, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of the courts in the next coming years. It's one of our, it's one of our only positive things about society at the moment. Yeah. And I really think that, um, I, I don't know if people realize how important the fight over Brett Kavanaugh was, because I think it did radicalize a lot of people on the right, um, in and out of government. Uh, and it, it should have happened a long time ago, but I think there are a lot of Republicans now that view the judicial branch the same way Democrats always have. Um, yes. Like they don't they obviously don't care about the law, or the Constitution, anything like that. They're like, we will appoint communists to do communist things. Right. Like that's just how they view it. Somebody like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Sotomayor or any of these people. It's like if you read their. Oh, gosh. I mean, if you read the, the dissent by uh, uh, what's her name? The affirmative action higher on the Supreme Court? Uh, oh, Jackson. Uh, Justice Jackson. Tom G. Brown Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I mean... It's, it's so bad. It could have been like Chank Iger. You know what I mean? Or like, but dumber. You know what I mean? Like it was like a... It was just like a... Just like a, a Krasenstein Brothers tweet. And that was yeah, her actual... That was her actual dissent. Like, it was absolutely pathetic. But it's like, you know, Democrats have always been like that. They're like, no, we're going to appoint you, do evil things to the country, <laughs> and there you go. You'll make a bunch of money and, and be a hero. And, you know, when the Democrats tried to destroy Kavanaugh, typically the Republican Party would have been like, all right, whatever, fine, we'll pick somebody else. And they were like, no, F you. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah. Like, no, you, you hate us. You want to kill us. We're not going to bend our knee to you, you degenerates. No, we're putting them on the Supreme Court. And I think— Hopefully, at least moving forward, that is going to be the attitude among Republicans. Like, no, we're going to stack these courts, man. We're going to just appoint right wingers to important positions and we're going to destroy the left. And I mean, gosh, I mean, we should have been playing the game like this since the 50s, like the Democrats have or even before, you know, even going back to Woodrow Wilson. But I I do think that was a fork in the road right there, that the Kavanaugh hearings. And I think we came out of it ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they were willing to defend probably the weakest appointee that Trump had, um, they'll defend people who are actually worth it, too. I mean, and I, I agree with that dissent. I was reading it and I'm like, this is an Occupy Democrats post. This isn't a judicial document at all. Um, no. But but yeah, I think I think we're playing the game right. 
And I love that the Senate, uh, you know, years and years from now have uh, been blocking, you know, these communist um, appointees. Like, they've kind of realized, I think, that in general, people want justices and judges that can actually reason and defend the Constitution. So I think that they'll keep doing it. I hope so, at least, for the sake of the country. Yeah, and I mean, looking back on... I mean, I'm as anti-Mitch McConnell as anybody. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, I, but looking back on McConnell's, the absolute balls Mitch McConnell had to hold that seat hostage and wait till after the 2016 election. I mean, like, if it were a chess opener, it'd be called McConnell's Gambit, right? But, like, yes. Mitch's Gambit, man, may have been one of the most important things any American politician's ever done in the history of the country. I mean, that because oh, Trump sure. doesn't win. Trump doesn't get close without— I mean, he lost the he lost to Hillary in the popular vote by a couple million, right? Three million? Yep. I mean, he doesn't even get close to winning 270 without the enthusiasm built by that open seat on the right, man. People got out. People got organized. And, I mean— <laughs> You got to give Mitch McConnell credit, man, because that was like it was not popular at the time. It was extraordinarily risky. That could have blown up in our faces, mm-hmm. but it didn't. I mean, you got to give the man credit. Yep. I, I'm I'm glad that he played the card that the left has played against us for decades. Finally, like yeah. I got to give him credit for that. And I, I also got to give him credit for um, we, we finally gaslit the left because when we were nominating all these, uh, when we were confirming all these justices, uh, everyone was going, oh, we're not going to overturn Roe. Don't be ridiculous. And then we <laughs> did it and laughed about it. <laughs> yep. We're like, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah man. So good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, look at, look at, look at Merrick Garland as attorney general, by the way. Oh, yeah. What a terrifying prospect. If that man was on the Supreme Court for 40 years, the dude is just a left-wing, Occupy Democrats, you know, activist. You know what I mean? He would have been absolutely destructive. It would have been. Oh yeah, he's clearly bitter about not being on the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, cry more. (sighs) Yeah, cry more. I I miss (laughs) the jokes about him being dead, though. I will say. Yeah. Merrick Garland, God rest his soul. For a dead man, he really is doing a lot of damage, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Nick, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, follow you, keep in touch, all that good stuff? Yeah, um, follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at uh, Nick underscore Lindquist. You can catch my articles, media appearances, et cetera, at nicklindquist.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, my friend. Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 